0: chapter eighteen of treachery in outer space by carrie rockwell this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter eighteen roger peered around the edge of the baffling shields the power deck was empty he edged out and stood upright eyes moving constantly for signs of miles No longer needing the cumbersome spacesuit, he stripped it off and walked across the deck to the ladder. He stopped to listen again, but there was only the sound of the rockets under emergency space drive. A quick glance at the control panel told him that the ship was hurtling through space at a fantastic speed. Satisfied that Miles was nowhere near, Roger gripped the rocket man's wrench tightly and began climbing slowly and cautiously. When he reached the next deck, he raised his head through the hatch slowly. Then, in one quick movement, he pulled himself up on the deck and ran for cover behind a small locker to his right. Above him, through the open network of frames and girders, he could see the control deck, but Miles was nowhere in sight. Something on the opposite side of the ship caught his eye. Miles' spacesuit hung on its rack the heavy fishbowl-like space helmet beside it in its open locker. Roger's heart skipped a beat as he noticed the holster for a Pirello ray gun nearby, but the large flap was closed, and he could not see if it held a gun. The young cadet moved away from the protection of the locker and started toward the spacesuit. He moved slowly, watching the upper deck where he figured Miles would be at the control board operating the ship. Suddenly, Miles appeared above him, walking across the open control deck with a clipboard in his hand, making a standard check of the many instruments. Before Roger could find a hiding place, Miles saw the cadet. He drew his paralo-ray gun quickly, firing with the speed of a practiced hand. Roger dove toward the spacesuit and wrenched open the holster, but found it empty. Miles was behind him now, running down the ladder. Roger spun around, darted to the ladder leading to the power deck, and just missed being hit by Miles' second shot. He jumped the ten feet to the power deck and darted behind the huge bank of atomic motors. Miles came down the ladder slowly, gun leveled, eyes searching the deck. He stopped with his back to the rocket motors and called, "'All right, Manning, come on out. If you come out without any trouble—' I won't freeze you. I'll just tie you up again. Roger was silent, gripping the wrench tightly and praying for a chance to strike. Miles still remained in one position, protected by the motor housing. I'm going to count to five, Manning, he shouted. Then I'll hunt you down and freeze you solid. Gripping the wrench tightly and raising it above his head, Roger eased out from his hiding place and slipped across the floor lightly. He was within four feet of Miles when the black-suited spaceman spun around and stepped back quickly. "'Sucker!' he snarled and fired. Roger stood motionless, his arm still raised, the wrench falling to the deck. Miles stuck his face close to Roger's head and said, "'I don't know how you got here.' but it doesn't make any difference now. In a little while, you and your pal Corbett are going for a swim out in space. Holding Roger by the arm, he tipped the boy over and lowered him to the deck. Roger's arm stuck up like the branch of a tree. Miles stood over him, flipped on the neutralizer charge of the gun, and fired again, releasing Roger from the paralyzing effect of the ray. The young cadet began to shake violently, and through his chattering teeth he muttered a space oath. Miles only grinned. Just wanted you to make yourself comfortable, Manning, he said. He flipped the gun to direct charge again and pointed it at the boy. Seeing it was useless to try and jump the burly spaceman, Roger relaxed and stretched out on the deck. Miles fired again calmly and after testing the effect of the ray with his toe, he turned to the ladder. As the spaceman climbed back to the control deck, Roger, though in a paralyzed state, could hear the communicator loudspeaker paging Miles. Come in, Quint. This is Ross. Come in. Tom Corbett sat bound and gagged in the co-pilot's chair of the black ship, listening to Miles call again and again over the audio receiver. The fact that Miles was identifying himself as Ross puzzled the young cadet, and he wondered if it was an alias. Tom was even more puzzled when Miles addressed the person he was calling as Quint. This is Ross. Acknowledge, Quint. Come in. Static spluttered over the loudspeaker, and then a clear, harsh voice that was a perfect imitation, answered. "'I read you, Ross,' it said. "'Where are you?' Tom watched as Miles made a hasty check on the astrogation chart. "'Space Quadrant 4,' he replied. "'Chart C for Charlie. Where are you?' "'Same Space Quadrant, but on chart B for Baker,' came the reply." I think we can make visual contact on radar in about five minutes. Make the usual radar signal for identification, okay? Good, the space knight pilot replied. What course are you on? There was a pause, and then the voice answered, South-southwest. Speed, emergency maximum. Very well. I will adjust course to meet you. But what's the hurry? asked Tom's captor. "'Better get out of space as soon as possible.' "'Yeah, I guess you're right.' Tom listened intently. He closed his eyes and tried to visualize the charts and space quadrants he had heard mentioned. He knew the quadrants by heart, and he knew that he was close to the asteroid belt, but each quadrant had at least a dozen or more charts, each one taking in a huge area of space.' Is Brett with you? asked the voice over the audio receiver? No, I'll tell you about it when we get together. All the rockets in space broke loose up there on Titan for a while. What do you mean? Hey, I think I just picked you up on my radar, said the voice over the loudspeaker. Give me the identification signal. Tom watched Miles go to the radar scope and make a minute adjustment the voice came over the loudspeaker again that's you all right get back to minimum speed and i'll maneuver to your space lock very well replied the spaceman on the space night he cut the rockets and in a matter of minutes the ship was bumped heavily as contact was made the voice over the communicator announced the two space vessels had been coupled Open your airlock and come aboard. You come aboard my ship, said Miles. We've got the stuff here. Okay, but I have to go below and wake up that jerk, Manning. Wake him up? Yeah, I got him frozen. All right, make it snappy. Miles turned to look at Tom, a sneer on his face. I'm giving you a break, Corbett, he said. You're going to swim with your cadet buddy. You'll have company. Gagged, Tom could only glare his hatred at the black-suited spaceman. In a moment, he heard the airlock open below, and then footsteps clattered up the ladder to the control deck. The hatch opened, and Roger stumbled inside. He saw Tom immediately, and yelled, Tom, what are suddenly he stopped he looked at the man standing beside tom and gasped in astonishment tom watched the hatch as roger's captor stepped inside what he saw made him twist around in his chair and stare at the man beside him utterly bewildered twins cried roger identical twins the man stepped through the hatch and walked over to his brother they shook hands and slapped each other on the back. What happened to Charlie, Ross? asked Quint Miles. Just a minute, Quint, replied his brother. He turned and grinned at Tom and Roger. Surprised, huh? Don't let it bother you. We've been driving people crazy ever since we were born. Does this tell you how we won the race? Twin pilots. "'stuttered Tom in amazement. "'And twin ships?' "'Exactly,' Ross laughed. "'Pretty smart, eh?' "'Never mind them now,' snarled Quint. "'I've been sitting up there on that asteroid rock "'talking to myself. "'What happened to Charlie?' "'Take it easy, will you, Quint?' "'said Ross. "'I want to have some fun.' "'He turned to Manning.' Untie Corbett, and get on the other side of the deck. Have yourselves a nice long talk before you take your last walk. Roger slowly bent over to untie Tom, muttering a space oath under his breath. The two brothers retired to the opposite side of the control deck and sat down. Ross kept his Perala ray pistol in his hand, and never once took his eyes off the two cadets. Well, what happened? demanded quint what are you doing here with corbett and where in the blazes is charlie charlie is back on titan and probably dead replied ross easily he wouldn't pay any attention to us when we suggested plugging up the old tunnels when we started mining that uranium so the oxygen which we were sucking off from the main screen supply took too much The screen started to go. Practically the whole city is flooded with ammonia gas, and it's being abandoned. Roger and Tom stood quietly, listening, and when Roger heard the news, he turned to Tom with a questioning look on his face. Tom merely nodded grimly. "'But what are you doing out here with this load of pitchblende? Quent persisted. "'Everything would have been all right,' "'Even with the screens letting go,' explained Ross, "'if it hadn't been for Corbett and that big jerk Astro. "'They followed me out to the warehouse and down into the mine. "'Good thing we caught them, "'or we'd be on our way to a prison asteroid right now.' "'Quint glared over at Tom. "'And Charlie spilled the beans about the whole thing, eh?' "'Not exactly.' "'But the solar guard knows enough to be suspicious,' replied Ross. "'We had some trouble with the radiation detection gear "'and wanted to haul it out to the hideout for Manning to check. "'We decided to bring out as much of the stuff as we had mined, "'and when we caught Corbett and Astro snooping around, "'we made them load the ship. "'Corbett here got smart, and Astro escaped. "'In the fight,' "'Charlie fell out of the ship. "'I don't know if he got away or not.' "'Do we have a whole shipload of the stuff?' asked Quint. "'Ross grinned. "'About two million credits worth.' "'Quint rubbed his hands together. "'We're in clover!' "'He laughed and slapped his brother on the back. "'Well, I suppose the solar guard is looking for us by now.' Ross grinned. "'Right, so we pull the old trick, eh? We have two very likely prospects right there,' he pointed to Roger and Tom. "'What is that supposed to mean?' snapped Roger. "'You'll find out, squirt,' sneered Quint Miles. "'Wait a minute, Quint,' said Ross. "'I just thought of something.' No one knows there are two of us, except these two punks here. We can't work the old gag. We can only use one of them. How do you mean? Simple. The solar guard thinks Manning took it on the lamb from Ganymede, right? Quint nodded. Well, we take Manning, dress him up in one of our outfits, and stick him aboard the empty ship alongside. The ship blows up, and should they find anything of Manning, he'll be dressed like you or me, and that will end the situation right there. Later, we can dump Corbett out in a spacesuit with a little oxygen and write a note, sticking it in his glove. When they find him, they'll think he got away from Quent Miles, and when his oxygen gave out, wrote the note giving all the details. And who can say no, since Quent Miles? as such will be dead end to the affair shouted quint that's perfect the audio behind them crackled into life and there was a clear piercing signal a sign that an emergency transmission was taking over all channels the signal continued until the clear strong voice of commander walters flooded the control deck of the ship attention attention This is Commander Walters of the Solar Guard. Attention all Solar Guard units in Space Quadrants 1 through 7. Repeat, all ships in Quadrants 1 through 7. This is emergency alert for the rocket ship Space Knight, believed to be heading for the asteroid belt. All ships are to institute an immediate search of Quadrants 1 through 7 for the Space Knight and arrest any and all persons aboard. Repeat. All ships. Ross Miles rose and snapped off the audio siever. Come on, we've got to get out of here. What about them? asked Quint, pointing to Roger and Tom. Will we have time to... Plenty of time, said Ross coldly. Blast them now. With pleasure, replied Quint Miles, taking his gun from his holster. Jump, Roger, shouted Tom. Both boys threw themselves sideways as Miles leveled his gun. Tom plunged headlong through the hatch door and scrambled down the ladder. Roger tried to follow, but Quint fired as Roger started to jump feet first through the hatch. His body became rigid as he tumbled through the hatch. Tom looked up just in time to break his unit mate's fall, but seeing that it would be useless to stay with him, left him on the deck and turned to flee through the depths of the black ship. End of chapter 18